1: We are back after game week 26, long break until game week 27, what's poppin'?
0: Yeah, you know, we had a little UCL action yesterday, it was pretty entertaining, but the long break never never goes over well, makes the weekend shitty,
1: upcoming, but you know we, we live to fight another day. I don't know if I need the break, or if the break's bad for me, but I the guess I'll break, find out.
0: I think the break is always bad, because it's just less fun in life, because they have to play fucking FA Cup shit I
1: don't care about. Yeah, it's true. I just mean it could be possibly good for me because I'm just having horror horror show after horror show, and I feel but I'm not sure. So maybe I'll just start this week. Um, I did Raz out to Paul. Seemed <laughs> great on Saturday. I was like feeling amazing. Wow, I just transferred in a brace. Raz is playing Chelsea. Probably not that much in it. I looked back at my season. There have only been two out of the entire 26 game weeks this season where I haven't had at least one Manchester City attacker. And in, in many game weeks, I had two. Mm-hmm. And in both of those weeks, they scored six goals. Yeah. Six, six one versus Southampton right after I wildcarded when Coon and Raz just exploded. And then six nil, no, obviously, this weekend when Kuhn and Raz exploded. You know, I I held them both forever and never got anything. But. Yeah, I don't know, just a lot to think about regarding my season as a whole as I'm back down in the three hundred Ks, lowest string since game week fifteen. Just having just a completely horrible diabolical season. Like I I think Richarlison and Mitro are big culprits of the season. You know, I brought in Rich in Game Week nineteen, he got me two goals since then. Brought in Mitro in game week seventeen, he got me three goals since then. Sort of lesson learned there. Sometimes just take the fucking hit and get rid of your really bad players because they just held me back. They just blank like every single week. But I think my biggest lesson learned in my rant about my team right now is just it's a small sample size. So I'm not sure that this is like a valuable lesson or not. But twice the season at different points, I made myself a little like. Four to six game week plan of transfers. You know, like I talked about it on pod. Like I'm, I'm i was in doing it by hand and I felt really confident, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll bring in this guy, then this guy, and then I should have enough money for this other guy, and I'll captain this guy, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is. I I use those plans to like think ahead, make sure the guys I want in the coming weeks all fit into my team. And if they don't figure it, fit in my team, figure out a way to get them, etc. Both times I ended up going away from my plan. I had this plan. I didn't do it. Both times ended up on Friday or before the deadline, whatever. I do some fucking thing that seems better. Both times I've gotten severely punished from going away from my plan. So whether this is just a thing for me or it's a lesson learned for everyone, I mean. For me, I think when I make these plans, I'm kind of taking a step back. I see the obvious moves, the obvious lines, which is in general how you do well in FPL. You make the obvious moves, get the obvious good guys. And if you overthink everything and make rash decisions and go away from your plans and tinker and blah, 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 you end up with my season, which is a complete disaster. Very embarrassing, horrible season, so... At least I'm trying to learn from my mistakes, but that's kind of where I'm at right now i'm just I'm just depleted at this point. That was a deep dive I, yeah. I don't have the same insight to offer with my season today, but um, that's yeah, just I mean, what plan- I got from looking at my team and looking at my score and just like trying to figure out what the fuck went wrong. yeah, I mean, planning's always good
0: the, keeping the medium term in mind when you're looking at transfers in your team and you know not. Tinkering or transferring out good players for other good players, just like chasing points, but more
1: looking at the problem spots on your team and addressing that instead. Um, Yeah, exactly. Like some people, like, you know, in Slack, even some people are like, oh, you got unlucky. Like they scored six goals against Chelsea. Of course, there's a little bit of luck or unluckiness involved in FPL, but in general, I got rid of the best attack England's ever seen and I got punished. Like it's not. Pure luck. It's, it sucks for me that they happen to, Chelsea happened to just lay down and just take it in their ass this, this exact week. But that happens. And, you know, Raz is the best attacker on the best attack. So, you know, like I, I deserve my rank, I think. But yeah, like you said, I mean, my plan for those who don't remember last pod was Richarlison and Mitrovic out for Pogba and, Either Rondon or Barnes. And I just, and that means keeping Raz. So it's like a fucking 40 point swing or something like that. I would have been flying this week and instead of not. So really hurts. Well, you learn
0: from it. Turn yeah. The page.
1: And we'll see how you do this week. Yeah, exactly. So how would you do At least
0: you don't have Patricia.
1: Oh my God. This week um, is just full of goalkeeper howlers. It's just a reminder of like, Oh yeah, that, this is why none of these guys are on big teams or whatever. Yeah, it's. I,
0: I had a fine week. I finished on seventy four, and I had a, a medium sized green arrow back into the top hundred k after my nightmare double game week week. Yeah, um, but I had zero returns outside of my midfield, which was. Not ideal, although I'm, I mean, I have all my money in midfield. Your I midfield have, is
1: insanely good.
0: Yeah, I mean, my midfield is basically where everyone's trying to be. I have Mo, Sun, Raz, Pogba, and Mane. Um, I ended up doing uh, Sane to Sun instead of doing the Abamyang move.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine if you did the Raz yeah. hit for Obs? No, we're we not. We may talk not about be that. plotting. Yeah,
0: I, don't, I would be on strict. Suicide watch. My wife would have had to take every day off to watch
1: me. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, And basically, what happened there was after Sane midweek after we potted when he played fucking like thirteen minutes. I don't give a shit. He's he just seemed like such a ridiculously huge problem because Pep's clearly rotating the attack position-wise and personnel-wise and. You know, he didn't play Sane in the Arsenal game and and going against City, uh, sorry, going against Chelsea, I was very worried about the same thing. Also, just doesn't seem good value for money, full stop, when he's maybe not first choice 11. So, you know, it let me keep Raz, who I obviously we all know is in the first choice team, and and that ended up working out really well. So, that was a good job by me. And it was
1: sort of good timing for the OBS sickness. I don't know if that played in your transfer at all but he was yellow flagged all week and in or not in and training and it was all very questionable so
0: it really didn't i was completely stunned to see him not in the team um i you know usually when the player has an illness sometime like around three days before a game it doesn't
1: usually keep them out and especially if they train it was very surprising
0: yeah. I mean, the training news was very sketch and every, yeah. everyone with a computer and a Twitter account had their in the know views of what happened,
1: <laughs> analyzing
0: photographs. Like, I really what is need happening. to make
1: this fake in the know account. It's the yeah. one thing keeping me alive this FPL season is the, the thought of having a fake in the know account. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it was really came down to Sane. Like Sane just yeah. felt like
0: if I didn't get rid of Sane, it was just another transfer waiting to happen. Yeah. And it's kind of like planning. Like I was plant. Like yes, I thought Aubameyang was the best captain pick against Huddersfield this week. I obviously didn't play. That didn't work. But um, that would have also kind of been a short term play. And I have a lot of issues with my defense, and I know I need to address that. So getting Sane out for Sun just and keeping Sterling, I can very comfortably hold him through the blank. I have. To, I only have one blanker right now. So just kind of shored me up in the medium term and let me put transfers again on kind of pressure points and problematic spots instead of doing like kind of in and outs, yo yoing Raz and a- OBS or,
1: you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you so you just don't have enough transfers to do that stuff.
0: Yeah. So, so that was that. The other thing that was, I mean, obviously I got a green arrow, so I had a fine week and I can look on, but going into fucking Monday, I had. Five players on Monday. I had Patricio, Bennett, Lascelles, Jimenez, and Rondon. Yeah, I mean
1: and I had, four. And I,
0: yeah, and I had a green arrow before the game started on Monday, and I was just looking at my team like, okay, like, can I one fucking time have this go favorably for me? And it, like, I had a share in both team defenses and the strikers on both teams. So, you know, I'm thinking like a clean is fine. A goal is fine. Like, I'm going to get, yeah, some clean points. either way
1: is fine. A goal either way is probably fine. You have the fine. highest goal involvement player on both teams.
0: And it's just like nine yeah. points from five. I just. I'm like, oh my god! I, and this is—I think this is like the third or fourth Monday game where I've been in the situation yeah. where I've had like—I've already had a green arrow going into like good players that, or a lot of people don't have, or a lot more shares, or just like I'm in a really good position to have like a big week, and it just falls so flat. We've—we so we've I mean,
1: both had this many times this season. Well. With the Monday matches, definitely. I mean, that it's like a joke on Slack now that like Monday night football is always just a nightmare. But also you and I, and we talked about this, I feel like a month or two ago, but there's been so many weeks where we captain one guy. Maybe it's Mo or like, you know, some slight differential. A month or two ago, and everyone else is captaining another guy who gets like one assist and bones, and we're just like, okay, if Mo fucking braces this week, we're absolutely flying. and It just never came through.
0: Yeah, so I mean, again, obviously, I have five players from Wolves and Newcastle, yeah. so that's that's the other side of the coin. Like, what am I expecting? But right. you know, they're facing each other, so it was just it was a tough one. So that was that was a rough end to the game week, especially having to look at my team for fucking two weeks, but. You know, I mean, my team's in good shape. I'm, I'm probably gonna save. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, great. Yeah, but you know, P- Patricio's really been the biggest thorn on my side. It's, it's kind of like you know, you're talking about you know Mitrovic and Richarlison, just you players that you don't want, and you just they're kind just of objectively ignore. And, bad. Yeah, yeah, they're objectively awful picks. And, like it, it's you know, like
1: if anyone wild like sent you a wild card team, they like DM you on Slack a wild card team. They had any one of. Patricio Mitrovic or Richardson, it would just be uh, like the first words out of my mouth would be, "What the fuck is this guy doing in your team?"
0: Yeah, and like with with Patricio, I've just had him for a long time, and I've gotten one or two cleans out of him, and I mean he must be averaging about two point two points per game in my team, and it's it's that's been really
1: rough. So I mean, yeah, Wolves have had four Wolves have had four cleans in the first eight game weeks, and then they've had two cleans, game week nine through twenty six. It's just That's shocking. And just, again, that we've
0: talked about Wolves defense. You know, they don't often get battered and they're giving up at most two goals a game, which is like good underlying XG numbers, but they have so many individual mistakes, like we yeah. see time and time again, that the goals they concede are just down to like Boley fucking falling or being an oaf and doing something dumb, or Patricio having a howler, or Bennett getting pulled out of position, or four defenders chasing one guy in the box as he yeah. slots, and it's just uncanny. Yeah, and the goals
1: that they concede, I don't really know how this is how this number is calculated, but on the FFS stats, uh, defensive errors. Arsenal and Fulham are tied for first at twenty. Then Leicester was seventeen, and then United, Manchester United, and Wolves are tied for third on sixteen. Like tells you what you need to know.
0: And it's also just an interesting point to just look at. I mean, you know, we kind of when we started touting Wolves' defense months ago, it was looking at a very long run of just good fixtures. I mean, against relatively poor sides for a long run, so. The difference though is looking at a team like Palace where you know we shut shut it down. I mean we don't give we don't have individual errors really anywhere. We block yeah. a lot of shots and we we play like a little more defensively minded and they're similarly priced to Wolves and you know that was they had their own goalkeeping we have had our own goalkeeping issues with Wayne got injured, then Guaita got injured, Wayne got dropped. You know, I had Wayne a while ago before he got dropped and stuff like that. So but I mean that's kind of something I want to also take away. I mean just because they're like a mid table side with good fixtures, like I don't want to fall into that trap, which is sort of what I'm worried about with Lester that that's going to just happen again because I think that they're also just a bad defense in general.
1: And so I, I need to sort Patricio out very, very badly. Yeah, I remember not, on the fireside chat talking about this with Kaylee and talking about like defenses and he was saying Wolves are like, you know, whatever it is, top five defense or whatever the number was, maybe top three defense at that point in the season. And it's interesting because all of the underlying defensive stats, you know, just the basic ones like shots conceded, all that shit, and the XG ones, they're still up there. And they're obviously a good defense. Like you said, they never get batter. They don't allow a lot a lot of shots. They don't allow a lot of goals in general. But there's a huge difference between that well, we need to like we need some other FPL stats person to like correlate that and clean sheets because they seem like they don't correlate that much because the teams that like Palace or like Newcastle or you know, old Burnley, not really this season Burnley, like you need like a negative mindset <laughs> to keep cleans, you know what I mean? You need to like never lose your shape, even if you're chasing a game never lose your shape Where wolves play like sort of free and sort of like entertaining to watch and like risky passes out of the back and stuff like that which is good football but negative for for clean sheets which is what we care about we don't care about how many you know if they concede one goal per game that's okay but that's bad for us it's it's interesting
0: I mean, I think, honestly, I've never really thought about it, but hearing you say that and then also hearing you cite the top teams for defensive errors, defensive errors are a really big part, it sounds like to me, because when you have these individual nightmares, like, like when you look at Spurs last year, for example, and their inability to keep clean sheets, Evanson Sanchez has a red card, or just a fucking insane missed tackle, and that someone's in clean every game. Trippier trips doesn't Trippier doesn't know how to play defense. Like you have these players that just can fucking do some dumb shit once, and then that's your clean sheet gone. And you know those are something. That's something I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to than than just the fixtures. Is like you're saying shape. You know, a negative team like a Cardiff. Or a palace for, to the, to an extent, you know they keep shape and that's their focus and that's how they're trying to win is one nil and they're very happy to nil nil games. So you know it's just something to think about with the budget defense price players in FPL. Um, you know like the teams like City and you know Liverpool they have just in well City's a little bit like Liverpool they just have great players across the back four so. You know, those individual errors just don't happen. So the the other team has to really set up something well. Like it has to be completely on their like they have to do it. it, it they're not right. gonna get any any let let leeway from the defense to help you out. So So that's a thing and it's you know, it's a little bit of a titty
1: tit for me, but let's let's go. That was a big, big I don't even know what that was. That was our teams, yeah. It was a big, big our team section. But um Shout out to FML Field Prize League slash Mug League leader for February so far. It's just Fred. No fucking team name, just straight up on the rocks. Fred, who are you? Are you even a patron? I have no idea. If you win, contact us because we don't know who you are, but whatever, he's flying. And then shout out to the goal scorers, Challenge League leader so far. Still Magic Mike, two goal lead at the top. Moving on. Um, I don't know, you and I kind of talked about this just before we started, but there were very few surprises this week other than City. So it seems like a logical place to start with City even though they blanked this week. Does that sound right to you?
0: Yeah, I mean we had the 3-0 from United, 3-0 from Liverpool against bad teams. We were kind of expecting that. The biggest surprise was probably the 1-3 brighton Burnley game, but from an FPL search, a lot of talking points. Um, I Yeah, City, you know, it's kind of silly to talk about them when they're blanking and people, like, you know, need to remove their assets more or less. But other than Sterling and Aguero, and, you know, maybe an Ederson or a Laporte because they've got some good fixtures and they look like they're back to their normal selves, there's not a ton to really talk about. I mean, what do you see there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. Regarding Raz and Kuhn, it's obviously a huge chunk of your budget. Going forward, and Ray on Slack said game week 28 and on. Is it Raz, is it Kuhn, or is it Raz and Kuhn? I don't think neither is an option at this point. No, I, they, they've I think shown if, too much.
0: Yeah, if you go without both Sterling and Aguero, if you're like, ooh, this is a differential, it, that's not going to work out. I mean, they have... Home West Ham Home Watford at Bournemouth The, the fixtures don't matter. Blank. We
1: just we just saw Home Chelsea 6-0. Like this is this team is on another universe than every other attack in the league. So yeah, The fixtures but, are good or the fixtures are bad and you're still just putting yourself in a hole if you don't have them, I think. Yeah, I mean that's fair. They just put nine
0: goals in against Arsenal and Chelsea in those two games combined. So right. uh, you know, just just saying it just yeah. to re-emphasize how badly you could get buried if you don't own one of the players. I I do think that both is not bad. I mean, it can't be bad. It's just it great. Jesus, Jesus is clearly not ready to play consistently, and their worst performances in general are with him and the team and not Aguero. Aguero looks like, you know, he's just firing on all cylinders, a couple hats. And uh, I think it's more or less like if you can hold one through the blank, that's good. If, you know, if you're one or, or a hit away from getting both, that's good. It's just kind of. What you see in your team as like biggest issue or something like that? Um, I mean, I'm happy with Sterling. I'm not sure if I'm going to go for Aguero, just because you know removing a really good midfielder to get him in. I'm not sure how if that's going to really get me that far. But
1: we'll have to we'll talk about it later. But what are you thinking for your team? I mean, if I only followed my original plan, I'd be in much better shape. I would have Sterling already. And just hold him through the blank just as you are, and I would feel relatively okay. I still have OBS, so, you know, if this Chelsea slide continues to happen, my original plan was OBS to Higuain in like game week 29 ish. But if this Chelsea, if Chelsea look like this fucking dog shit version of Chelsea and like sack sorry or something, they're just a nightmare meltdown like we've seen before, then obviously I wouldn't get Higuain and I'd probably just go OBS to Coon, So, I was positioned to probably have two, one to two of them before I made this move. And now I'm on the outside looking in. I kind of have to, honestly, kind of have to just like make a new plan or start thinking about maybe wildcarding after the blank, which I don't think is necessarily a bad time after, you know, FA Cup this weekend. We'll we'll have an idea of the future blanks and doubles. So it -hmm. might be a decent time to wildcard because I'll have all the information.
0: Yeah, well, firstly, two things. I wanted. But yeah, if you have Aubameyang going straight to Aguero in anyone's team is a fairly obvious transfer. I don't really care that um, Arsenal have a good fixture after the blank. They're just not really in the same caliber to me. But yeah, getting the information, and we'll do another pod next week after we know the FA Cup, and then we'll we should hopefully have a clearer picture of who's blanking when, when the doubles are, and things like that. Yeah. You know, that that's got a factor in a lot as well. You know.
1: Yeah, it's just the thing with OBS that's obviously frustrating. I mean, I'm not the only one with OBS and a lot of people captained him this week. It's just like that match went relatively as expected. Like Arsenal just cruised to a 2 0 lead, then, you know, whatever, Colasso's own goal. They suck at defending. But you have to imagine, like, if OBS was in there for fucking Mikatari and, like, that's three or four, and OBS is probably on a double return. Like, I don't really think that's a stretch at all, you know? So that's the frustrating part. And this is why I felt good about holding on to him, is Mm -hmm. matches like Huddersfield, and then this week home Southampton, and next week home Bournemouth, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, unless he puts in a really, unless they really put in, like, four, and he double returns against Southampton or something, then, yeah, I think I'm, pretty much there with you. It's just Kuhn is just so much better. I guess the only thing to think about is possibly if his minutes are more managed because of Champions League, but I don't really think that's a factor. I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: Um, you're never going to be completely like, holy fuck, I can't believe Jesus is starting for Kuhn because of yeah. But at the same time, when he's just hatting like this and the form he's on, I mean, he should have had four. He missed that sitter, which was insane at the beginning of the game. But, and
1: it's a title race too. It's yeah, like- when
0: he's on this kind of form, I think you know he's gonna. Unless if they really have you know three games in a week, where there were the physios in the back room are worried about him maybe picking up an injury if he's like got a little soreness somewhere. You know, that's the kind of thing I think it would take for for him to not feature. I mean, yeah. we're at the dog's end of the season. We have 10 games left. And, you know, they need to realistically pick up like 27 points, maybe, from those 10. I mean, the, the race is that tight. And, yeah. you know, Liverpool are on form, back on form as well after the board. So I, I'm not worried about that. Um, yeah. I, I'm just not worried about that. But yeah, like you say, just, I mean, and all the people, the poor folks that did Kuhn to Aubameyang, And like, home, let me transfer out my Chelsea guy to someone playing Huddersfield. Like, obvious and Kaplan, you know, that's such a logical
1: line, and then the blank, and then it's just like, what, you got zero, and then he hat. it's like, oh, God. Yeah, just, I know, like, what do like, you do? like Gav on Slack did that exact move. A lot of people did that exact move. A lot it's of just, people did that. You just have to, as, as impossible it is, you just have to not results-based thinking that. I mean, the only lesson from that, I guess, is like maybe... If someone is yellow flag, then you're transferring out someone as good as Kuhn in such good form, then maybe that's stupid in hindsight. But honestly, there's nothing you could do about that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel similarly. I transferred out Sterling, who's also really good against Chelsea. And for Paul against Fulham. Paul obviously came through, so it's not the same. But for Ras to triple return and me to actually net negative on that transfer after a Paul brace is like staggering like how did that happen but yeah (laughs) um one other city thing that j flow wrote in from slack he said what lesson if any is there to the double coon hat trick looking back without hindsight i don't see any reason to have brought him in were there any indicators we should have seen that coon was about to go crazy like did Uh we actually learn anything from this or is it just like sort of luck I mean, it's
0: Kuhn still coon, and you know we know what he's capable of when he's uh, when he's feeling the vibes. Yeah, and it just came in at you know at that time, and it just coincided for FPL with the you know on the double game week, and yeah. obviously he blanked the second game, but the first game, you know, it's just one of those things. Where, you know, you switch on a dime. You know, we don't. You know, the form just comes and goes, and you know he's just banged six and three, and he's capable of that. Everyone knows that, but in terms of lessons learned. I still don't subscribe to like, ooh, City Double Game Week with the roulette that you should just all out like take a minus eight to get three attackers or something like that, you know. Just don't usually like that. Um, especially with the blank coming. Out. I think the blank so near the double game week also was a big factor. A lot of people, you know, if you're taking hits to bring the players in and say you still have Richarlison or you still have Dean, like and then you're looking at hits on the back end to field eleven um yeah, so during the transfers. blank, it's it's tough. It's a lot of transfers. So if you spike a fucking 19 point captain then you can easily stomach 8 points back to the field but you know it could have gone the other way you just don't know that kind of thing it's it's just the game we play you got to you know it's just the, it's just part of the game one thing before we leave city i do want to mention is that you know Bill bernardo silvas is 75 i'm seeing a lot of people kind of shopping in that bracket obviously you're not bringing in a player who's blanking right now but you know he's looked really good the last couple of games they have been building up a lot on the left and he's playing on the right but You know, against Arsenal and Chelsea, those two games, and I know that we've kind of talked about him on and off throughout the season. And I think I'm a little higher on him than you are. But even though it does feel very coveragey type of a pick, I'm not in love with any options in midfield below like Sun's price at all.
1: Yeah, that's actually it's great that you went there because that is where I wanted to go next. Because we got two questions in about like quote unquote fourth mid. And so John Astry on Slack wrote in, we used to have a plethora of mid-price mid-options, Felipe, Rich, Siggy, Martial, etc. Have those all dried up? Is there anything we like in that bracket anymore? And Hayden on Slack said, pick one as a fourth mid, Felipe, Rich, or Matto. And it's just like, ugh. like All yeah, these guys are just like, what the fuck happened? I mean, Rich should be z- 0% considered for a spot on your team.
0: He, we need to remove him from the conversation. Yes, but I think I think Felipe. You know, they've got a decent run, and yeah, maybe with you know, really Arnie, yeah. with Arnie back. You know, he he's a bat machine. Um, he could be a reasonable short term pick. If you need to do it this week, I would probably tip Felipe. I mean, seven two is not too expensive. That would probably be my option there, but. You know again I feel like Bilv, even though if it you know you're going to be a little roulette there if he's going to play you know a midfield of fucking he keeps playing Gundo. I, Gundo has played better lately but I you know I fucking hate him. Yeah, yeah. You know but he could play like Kev Dilv and Gundo but we know how much Pep loves Bernardo so you know if you he's have like,
1: uh, Bernardo is like he he should be up there for their player of the season. Like he he's not going to be because he doesn't get the goals and the assists but like Consistency, yeah, just imagine if they didn't have him with the, how their season went with like Kev injury, then a Dilve injury, then a Dino injury. Like, he's been their one staple player. Like, without him, they would have crumbled, I feel like. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with that. But I mean, and you know, Bernardo, I, I like Bernardo a lot. So yeah, I, yeah.
0: I think he's decent value for his price. Obviously, he's not blowing the doors on with his returns on the season so far, but I think he's reasonable. And then, you know, we talk about Jota here and there, but. I'm just a little unsure if that ship has sailed. I mean, they still have three good fixtures, but then you don't want any partables after that probably and I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's really where I'd want to where I'd want to go.
1: Yeah, I still like Jota. I still feel okay with him. I feel like he's been yeah. so integral to their like offensive boom that he's not really, you know, looking to be dropped or anything with the good fixtures. But yeah, I, a lot of these options have dried up. I mean, any player on Everton is a no-go as far as I'm yeah, concerned. I 100% um, agree. They're, they're completely horrible. I, I think I've one guy he- that's under the radar, and he has been all season, is Wobbs. I mean, I've always loved him, and his minutes are very inconsistent. But, you know, I mean, the time to get him would have been last week with Huddersfield, but they do still have home Southampton, home Bournemouth. You'd imagine he'll play, like, I don't know, 120 minutes over those two or something like that. And... He's just really really good. He's really turned his turned a corner this season and you could do a lot worse than him, probably. Yeah, I mean he's only 54. I've seen some people talking about
0: Barnes a little bit for Leicester. I really don't like that pick. I just don't have any faith in Puel to play his good players. He just doesn't seem like he has a clue. And even though the fixtures are good, you know, I just I just don't feel secure that that he's going to keep Featuring, um, well, it's could be also totally... like the
1: fixtures being good. Is that good for Leicester because they've kind of thrived when the fixtures are bad? They're such a fucking weird team. It's so hard to hard to rely on any of their players. I feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Albrighton injury is good for Barnes's. Yeah, potential. And... I mean, I
1: like him. I think he's. Good and has a lot of potential, and he's young and exciting. But yeah, I kind of feel similarly yeah. to you.
0: I just, I mean, would any? It wouldn't be surprising. This okay? I mean, he doesn't play Vardy in the most Vardy game of life. That's yeah, just exactly. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. Yep. And then, like, it wouldn't be surprising if he plays like a four-four-two with fucking Pereira at wing. Like Maddo, like Gray at wing and like Ian Nacho and Vardy up top or against Oka a bad Taki,
1: team. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's just I have he is such a fucking idiot and I don't know what lineup or personnel he sees in training and he's gonna put out there to give himself the best chance to win against these bad teams. So I would say we're there. But yeah, I like the Awobi shout. Okay. I mean five five four, you're gonna get what you pay for. Um but you know, he ha- I agree, he's look he's looked very bright uh
1: recently, so he could he could end the season strongly. Yeah, there's just, you're just it's few and far between in this bracket. I think last guy that I would that I would probably bring up is Grob. We were all kind of looking oh, yeah. at him, but threw threw that idea away with the blank as as it should be. I mean, obviously you're not bringing him in this week, but they have a really really good run um, up until game week 37, where they're Arsenal away Arsenal and then home city on the last day of the season. But until then, I mean. Assuming he has his starting rollback, back, which it seems like he sort of does, we know what he can do in FPL. I mean, he did it all season last season. Absolute bonus machine, chance creation machine, pens, and then he gets max bones. Like he could tick for the rest of the season, pretty good. Yeah, pretty I well. totally forgot about him because I generally don't look at Brighton. I don't think I've yeah a and the blank season.
0: Yeah, the blank's big, but yeah, I mean. They have home Huddersfield, home Cardiff, home Southampton, home Bournemouth in the next like eight, alternating with the ways. Ridiculous. And you know they're usually good at the Amex, so yeah, that I love that pick. That's that's a good shout. Six six seven. He he's
1: definitely a good pick in that yeah. bracket. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else we want to specifically focus in on, or should I just do some questions? It's kind of a weird week because, like we said, there's not really surprises, and we're all kind of waiting for the like double double game week news of. After the FA Cup. So I don't know. Yeah, we're just kind of waiting for that info. Um, yeah.
0: I think, well, one thing I definitely want to touch on is Trent coming off the bench was big. Oh, yeah. He's still, he's still only 5'2. So I've still seen teams that have been holding him throughout all this time, which has probably been rough. But I mean, that's just the value route. And he's been so good this season when he's been fit. So that's definitely someone to keep an eye on after the United game. If you have a Liverpool spot or if you need a free money up, maybe doing like Van Dyke to, to Trent. Um, something to definitely keep in mind. I also do want to just highlight how absolutely shocking Spurs were against Leicester. Um, they got as, bossed. <laughs> they got just bossed and destroyed. As per story of the season, they squeaked out and pulled out a result. The three-one scoreline was ridiculously flattering. They should have probably lost that game three-one. Yeah. Um, you know, they had the the stoppage time goal, and Leicester just threw everyone forward. the sun goal, which was obviously huge for me FPL, but. Um, I think Spurs other than Sun who just continues to defile logic and just return every game <laughs> very very strong stay away and they just don't look good
1: yeah although one thing with Spurs is that Kane is going to come back soon and we know what that does to the attack, it makes the whole team better it makes all the midfielders better it makes Sun better, Erickson, Ali all better Like we, I agree with you but I think that it's the type of thing that, like, two game weeks from now, we could be singing a different song because it's like all of a sudden they're really good and they have all their guys back or something, you know? Yeah, that's possible. So that's possible. Lots we'll to on, see. Yeah. Um, Rocket on Slack. Newcastle and Leicester deep defenders. Who's the pick over the next five game weeks?
0: Um, I mean, I definitely like Newcastle more. I just, as mentioned before with Leicester, I do feel it's a little trappy, kind of what happened with Wolves. It's just a defense and a team I don't trust very much. Whereas with Rafa and Newcastle, <clears throat> excuse me, they, uh, you know, they let up the the Dubrovka Howler goal against Wolves at Wolves, which is you know that's that's a pretty decent performance to go there the way they've been playing and only let one
1: up and yeah, and usually you know, be, that's be called control. a foul anyway. Like that's usually probably a clean.
0: Yeah, so it, when you're shaping up pound for pound, which team would I want more? I would definitely say Newcastle. Um, within that, I like. I like Lasalle's. I got Lasalle, so obviously that tells you where my head was. Lejeune outbaps him, like from a baseline perspective, generally. But I, th- I just I like having that little shout at, at a goal or even an assist. Lasalle's is usually one A and one B with kind of big Sal when they're doing set pieces and direct set yeah. pieces. And you know that's obviously a way that Rafa really relies on getting goals. And you know. They they work on it and they're always a really good set piece team. Rafa teams are so I like that. I mean, Shar's returns are coming in, but at the same price as Lascelles, the back three does look like it's here to stay. But I just like the security with Lascelles there. I, I mean, he's he'd be my pick for for yeah. Newcastle. What do you think?
1: Well, Shar is is really interesting because he's clearly the one with the license to go forward. Like he's just in the box sometimes. He just like pops up and his assist versus Wolves is. Case in point, he was just the most attacking player other than Hayden. It was so bizarre, and he plays a perfect through ball to Hayden who finishes right through, you know, Rui's body, whatever. But the also the other side of the coin with Shar is he hasn't started starting since game week 12, and he has eight yellow cards since game week 12, or game week 11, rather, and it's just, that's fucking crazy. He gets a yellow every single game, which makes him not Probably not worth it, in my opinion. Um, I yeah, went. The other June, thing.
0: I, other thing with that. Sorry to cut you off. Is just you know when he hits that ten and he has a two band, like that's when you need to start this player that you're bringing in. Exactly. So that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't. I didn't
1: notice that. with Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, uh, Charms was bringing that up, and it was just like, "What the fuck? How does he have yeah. eight yellows?" But yeah, I like Lejeune. I I liked him a lot last year. I don't really prefer one over the other i just like lejeune he's a little cheaper Jamal's obviously the captain so if they maybe stray from the three at the back jamal would be the safest out of all of them so maybe that's a reason to go for him and yeah he offers a little bit more of a threat but i honestly think they're pretty much like both equal like the yeah, the with 3 at the back it doesn't seem like like we're used to teams playing more 4 at the back and it's kind of one center back is traditionally the bonus guy over the other one just because of like the balance of 4 at the back teams it's kind of like one aggressively goes for all of the balls and that guy's usually on bones because he gets more like tackles and clearances and and headers and stuff and the other center back is more like covering and and sideline to sideline. But with three at the back, I feel like it's all out the window. It's just like, this game, this guy cleared everything. And the next game, the other guy cleared everything. Like, I don't feel like reliably, bon- like like Lejeune was awful on bonus against Wolves. Like, he was nowhere near, even after Lascelles and Char both picked up yellows, Lejeune was way below them on bonus, like, but even before the clean was wiped. So, I don't know. It's a toss-up. It's totally yeah. a toss-up. They're all good, though. Yeah, I I agree except for Shar, Yeah, I'm um, sure. yeah. And then going
0: over to Leicester, I mean Chilwell, Pereira, Maguire, 55354. Five, five, it's it's just uh, what what you say? I mean Pereira and Chilwell both get forward. Maguire obviously has has the goals in him with the slab head on set pieces. If you want to take a shot with a Lester defender and start them through these good fixtures, hope to hit some cleans. I don't know how the fuck you pick it between the three of them. I, I guess I, I would just go because He's the cheapest. Could you go? I mean, Ev- could you go Evans? I have no. Again with Puel, I, and he's I, just
1: started the last three. And I know, but yeah.
0: he's yeah. I'm just hasn't. He's been playing yeah, Wes yeah, Morgan. Yeah, for no, five I, months, yeah, and I just I, I don't, don't know. know. Like. Maybe West Morgan comes to training with like Jamaican jerk chicken, and Puel's like, "Ooh, good camaraderie," and he starts him. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. not a completely that's, that's not insane thing to question. me. Yeah,
1: that's not. It's so
0: question. insane that he, that Evans has not been nailed to fuck when he's been fit this season. They're in a different ca- class of defender. I mean, he's better than McGuire at defending. That's not even close, and let alone Morgan, who can barely even move anymore. So I mean, it's I,
1: also weird, I think, uh, like Pereira's. Attack and returns. I feel like sort of speak for themselves. I mean he he can really cross the ball. Like he creates actual really good chances for them all the time. So I'd probably go there. But just on a Chilwell just rant. I, I'm just footy in general. Like to me, he's so much better than all of their defenders. Like he's actually quality. And like he's probably gonna get bought because of it, and he's fucking amazing. And they don't really build on the left for some reason. Like he's not; yeah. he should be getting as many. He should be creating as many chances as Pereira and getting in there. He's so good on the ball and everything, but I don't know for some reason he doesn't.
0: And unlike Pereira, Chola actually can play defense. Right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge. No, that's a huge thing. thing.
0: But no, like you're saying, I mean Pereira's got eight returns on the season, which is. Fucking bonkers! Yeah, and it's
1: like even when he's not playing winger, he still just like creates really good chances. Really good at crossing and cutting back. So yeah, I mean, he got the assist in the Spurs game. And yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: you you do have to I guess somewhat take some of those returns with a grain of salt because they did come when he was playing wing. And yeah, who knows if he's going to play wing against bad teams? But yeah, I mean, I, I really don't
1: feel too much feels about any three of these guys. I don't know. God, there's gonna be like half of the people half of our slack is going to get Lester guys and half of them aren't and it's just going to feel so good or bad whenever they come through or don't come yeah. through you know it's just yeah i have no absolutely no idea if they're going to get like one clean and 10 or five and just like be good it's completely impossible to to figure out i agree with that uh, all right um Fat Gorilla Brian like at what point in the season slash rank before what point in the season slash rank would you start taking unlimited hits to try and make some games and just have fun <laughs> because top fifty K is dead? It's
0: you know, it's a game. If if you're just miserable and still playing it safe and you're like <laughs> Just don't care, then just do what you want to do to have fun. Like, if you want to take some punts and triple Lester defense and get all these guys, like, oh, like the good
1: old days of triple Lester defense. Oh Oh my God. God,
0: That brings me back, back to when
1: I was actually
0: good and knew what was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my
1: answer long and short. I don't know. You have anything else to say about that? I mean, we learned this lesson. You and I learned this lesson a while ago, um, and it doesn't apply to everyone, but I think it definitely applies to us, and it it may apply to you too, Brian, is that it sounds really fun to take crazy hits and, like, captain fucking weird guys and, like, triple captain on a stupid single game weekend shit, but what's actually fun is getting green arrows. That's my experience. Because <laughs> the bad... Things and hits and captains and stupid shit usually don't come through. That's why they're fucking stupid and no one else does them. You know, it's obviously great when like Nathan Redmond braces and you fucking brought him in for a double game week. Like I've lived those lives, but it's way more fun to just like transfer in Pogba who gets a brace and just be like, okay, cool. Now I have the best guy that everyone else has and like I'm getting green arrows. And like also from personal experience is like, Top 50k is not out of the question at all. I don't fucking care how bad your rank is. It's probably not much worse than mine and I'm always finishing in that area and I'm always around where I am now and like the 300-ish. Like the the end of the season is where the most active and competitive players make the most gains. Uh, that's how it's always been. So I don't think you're out of it. If I'm not depressed, you have no reason to be depressed. I'm publicly humiliated every week, <laughs> so you know, just yeah, yeah, that's that's my advice. At least I don't know. Um, Wolfie on Slack, which teams jump out of out at you for great slash terrible fixtures, and are there any mid-table beach merchants who have enough points to stay away from?
0: I think it's a little too early for beach merchants. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Everton aren't beach merchants. They're just bad, even though they do qualify <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Same kind of same thing with Leicester. Um, and there's a lot of teams that are safe like yeah, Wolves, quote, Wofford, safe. Everton, West Ham, Bournemouth, Leicester are all safe. Probably, Probably even Palace. but none of them, I don't think, are on the beach yet.
0: Yeah, not yet. It's still, there's still too many. There's too much to play. Um, yeah. Too many games to play. But, um, I don't know. I mean, we kind of we're touching on some of the teams with good fixture, like Newcastle, Leicester just mentioned. I, I think it also really depends on like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about a, a punty for a punty midfielder? For right, you know, yeah. you need a striker or a defense. Like, I mean, I think that you know, like Cardiff have still a pretty good run right now for clean sheets. Um, Palace defense still looks good. And with Batshuayi, like Zaha started to kind of click in. Like, there's options on Palace, I think, for you. Um Watford, Watford seems like they're a mess. Um I would probably stay completely away from Watford. And then even like Burnley, you know, I Burnley was gonna say Burnley.
1: In, yep. Yeah, we'll go on with Burnley. Well, yeah, I mean it's just sometimes stats tell a lie, and sometimes stats tell the truth. And their attacking stats have been extremely good, like top four or five in the league for like two months. And Barnes has been at the head of that and Wood is a solid player and like McNeil is a good bench guy. And I mean, it came to fruition this week. They completely decimated Brighton. And I think that for the price, they're just all being ignored because I think of them as Burnley and everyone thinks of them as Burnley, but they're, they've are they kind of turned a corner and they're a different team. And it was interesting. I was listening on, on uh, Totally Football. I don't remember which one of the guys, but someone was saying like, oh, yeah, it was surprising 3-1. Like, I expected this to be a nil-nil. And it's like, if you expected that to be a nil-nil, you haven't been paying attention for, for two months because Brighton can't defend anything. They don't keep clean sheets. That's not, like, a thing. And Burnley also don't keep clean sheets and have been attacking out of control for a long time now. So, like, I just heard that comment and just thought it was, like, so stupid and just ignorant because... You're thinking of Burnley of years past and you're not like readjusting how they've actually been playing for a significant part of this season. So uh, yeah, I think Burnley are are good guys to, to maybe get as like a third forward or something like that. And then the the other one that was on the tip of my tongue is Bournemouth. I mean right now they're, they still have Wolves, Arsenal, City. But from game week 30 on, they have another incredible run of fixtures, sort of like the one that they had at the beginning of the season. And if they get their good guys fit, like Callum and et cetera, then it could be the type of run where we're all on like Fraser and Callum again for you know, the last like eight game weeks of the season. So
0: that's, that's yeah. one I'm I mean, keeping an eye on. Yeah, and even I mean Brooks, we don't know how long yeah, he'll Brooks. be out. Which, yeah. I mean it's still early in his recovery, but yeah, he's an option. Yeah, I, I like that. And then I mean with Brighton, like we talked about gross earlier. Yeah. I one thing on Burnley though I do want to note is that Tom Heaton is just back to being Tom he's been tomming so hard. My Tom just,
1: Rant? How good was my Tom Rant? Oh, it was so good. Like it's I am not fucking dumb. I just make I'm just <laughs> dumb and bad at managing my own team. But yeah, the to, Tom is so good. Tom in that Brighton game was just
0: fucking stupid. Like it was yeah. like a robot, like yeah. an AI robot, like automatically going to the exact spot of where the like goal, the ball's going to be hit or something. Yeah. I I mean I'm I am very very interested in getting rid of Patricio and Tom is definitely in there with Dubrovka for me looking at looking at replacements just because I take your point about Burnley attacking a lot but they're they get back into shape so fast and yeah. they still are blocking everything. So yeah, I mean
1: that's their style, right? Yeah. Yeah, but like and Burnley with- riding Burnley until game week 34 or until game week 35 is just great on both ends, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's with Tom too. The thing with this game is like, I mean, they got the brace or whatever, but every clean sheet is worth somewhere between five and seven points for Tom because the yeah. defense—he he's just such a bonus machine because he always makes a lot of saves because they're fucking bad and they let up a billion shots. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, Tom is. I'm, I just. Getting Tom would just make me happy. Like, getting Dubrovka, I would just be like, I hope you don't fucking howl your yeah. life away <laughs> on fucking minute 99
1: again. Yeah, <laughs> like, kill me. Seriously. Yeah, so, Tom mean, is I mean, fantastic. Yeah, he's, Tom's
0: so good. And he's only 4'8. Like, I, I feel like, like he might just.
1: easily England's best goalkeeper. I mean, it's shots fired, but. I, my I don't mind. think it's. Like, I, I, I don't, don't
0: think it's shots fired. I think that's just objective fact. The only issue yeah. is he doesn't know how to fucking play the ball like, at all. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, pick the fact that Pickford. It's just. It's more comical watching Pickford play all season at Everton, like thinking that he was their World Cup number one.
1: Yeah, and he was great in the World Cup too. Is the crazy part.
0: Yeah, I don't. It's just. He was fucking great. I know. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the players in front of him obviously have a big difference, but like well, Marcus Silva indi- is just. <laughs> but he individually is just yeah, no. always making the wrong decision. Like, he doesn't yeah. come out for when he should come out. He just, like, is rooted to his spot. Like, it's just he's always, always howling his life away. Kicks it That's out of crazy. bounds now.
1: Yeah, he just kicks at least one goal kick a game. He just straight <laughs> kicks it out of yeah, bounds. I, know. Ridiculous.
0: I don't know. All right, what else? We should probably wrap. I don't even know what's going on yeah, today. Dude,
1: let's do like three more questions I and mean, we, we won't do even like captains and stuff this week. We'll just save that for next week's pod. So. I gotta tease, I gotta give a little tease there, but let's keep going to the next question. Okay, okay. Get our own, our very own guest, Jason. Is it big Sal time? Next two game weeks, home, huddy, home, Burnley.
0: It's so it's like we plan this beforehand and we absolutely do not, but
1: you're talking about my captain this week. You're captaining Salomon Rondon.
0: One billion percent I am captaining oh my Sal. God. That is it's just ta- it's time for Sal. I mean, home Huddersfield, it's, it's your time to go, boy. Oh my I was saying God. this on Slack, the last time I capped a Newcastle player was Cisse, like three years ago, and it was a similar like <laughs> blank game week where I just didn't really have a good option and I just fucking went for it. And he came in with like 13 or something. And I was just like, oh my God, Cisse. And I'm feeling
1: Sal this week, dude. I fucking love Sal so much. And I he
0: he deserves it. Because he, he's been he's such been a He's been faithful, your
1: fucking staple.
0: He's just been such a faithful cog and servant to the club team, Adam Walsh. And I just love him. And I'm going to just throw it on him. I think he's a fantastic pick. Every He's just so good. I, watching him play is... He's just so good. He's a great player. I he fucking really love him. He, he has everything. He just has everything. His hold up is fucking dumb. He never turns the ball over and he can fucking bully two guys off the ball and he makes like like he's his passing even forward is just impressive. Like he, sli- he has like little slide passes he does. Like he's got everything. He's sneaky, always there in the air.
1: Sneaky, genius move by Newcastle. I mean like Unfortunately for them, they couldn't keep Mitro. I think Mitro's a better player, and whatever, for whatever reason, him and Rafa fucking despise each other, so you had to go. But sneaky little move going with Rondon, who just got relegated and is old and everyone had written off, and he's just great. He's been so he's, good for them.
0: Yeah, he's just been a man. And, you know, Almiron there, I mean, some type of creativity behind yeah, him. Yeah, Alme
1: looked good. Yeah.
0: I mean, Huddersfield, you know, they. It's fucking play, like, Come yeah. on, I, they were a little bit better against Arsenal. then we let up two somehow. I mean, Arsenal kind of stopped playing, but I'm fucking Sal. And he's five seven. It's just yeah, Sal's great. This run, yeah. just, Sal, the get C- in there.
1: Cesar was. Oh my god, <laughs> Dude, C- that was, was a fun obsessed. time. I was obsessed with Cesar. He was like, I every time Newcastle. I like love Newcastle. I don't know what's wrong with me. I loved Cesar so much. I mean, they they have had a lot of like. For as bad as they've kind of been for the last like five seasons or longer, like they've had so many like FPL darlings, I feel like. Dude,
0: Remy, you could fucking Remi. tell me not to put
1: Remy in my team.
0: Remy was in my team as much as possible. Like for I always wanted Remy. Forever.
1: Remi. And yeah. fucking Ben Arfa. Oh, Hatem. Original glove merchant. Oh my God. Yeah, they've had All so right. many, so many darlings. Okay, enough on nothing, Newcastle. To, nothing like a
0: guest Jason question to get my fucking blood yeah, pumping. It's, down it's to rare to see, down see down guests below. pop up
1: in the in the questions for Pod channel, but I'm glad. Well, he I just, us there.
0: I, I don't even. I assume he doesn't even listen to the Pod.
1: Yeah, probably not. Yeah, okay. um, last question. Let's just do this one. John Astry on Slack. I'm struggling, and this is kind of good to tie in with the beginning of the Pod because you kind of you kind of talked about this, but he said. Struggling which is better to free up space for my midfield to make way for Kuhn after the blank and maybe Kane soon but I'd be sacrificing people like Son and Papa. Or do I stay light up top, keep the big swinging Ds in the mid? I don't care about my formation. I'm just trying to figure out which of the big players are better to have.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, this is obviously team specific, but I'm also having a similar problem. Like, I don't think that any one of my five midfielders is bad. Do I think Kuhn is like slightly better than like maybe Mane? Like, yes, yeah. but do I, you know, do I want to? I, I don't know if I want to go there. I have other things.
1: So I don't, I, I don't have a good answer to this. I'm sorry. I, I just don't, I just don't know. Does it, is it pot? I mean, this is probably like question of the, season right now because a lot of people are going to be struggling with how to structure their team after this blank with all of these big forwards coming back or and Kuhn just staying hot and stuff. But does it is it possible that it comes down to captaincy and you kind of just have to look at it through that lens and just think like maybe there's a world where you go without Salah if there's really good captaincy shouts for like Kuhn or Kane or something like that and, and move forward there? Or, is that just not the best way? To, uh, it, it, this is no, the but, hardest fucking question. Yeah. I mean with with captain,
0: I think Kane is just out the window. I don't I'm not looking at him as an option like until proven otherwise. Um but with Coon, like captaining with Kuhn is a lot easier usually because it's just got to be a home fixture for one. You just don't captain him on the road full stop. And then, you know, like but with Mo Every, I mean, at United's a rough one. Then the only games they have that are difficult are home Spurs, home Chelsea. Those are not difficult games. I mean, he can brace both those games. So I just feel like I'm gonna stick on Mo probably outside of this game week for the rest of the season, or you know, with doubles yeah, I or think whatever. But
1: it's smart too. I'm just like, just yeah. it's fl- it's worth don't floating out there. Yeah,
0: no, it is because you know if you you can definitely you know go like Kuhn home West Ham, like oh right, or how is he not going to score in that game? Right, you know. But then at the same time, you look at Mo and he's home Watford, and it's also like, how is he not going to play? So it's six of <laughs> one, half a dozen the other. They're both at fantastic. So I don't know how much captaincy plays because it's just a coin flip, really. Yeah, but I I don't know. The the more that we see Aguero doing things like this, it does feel a little bit silly not to not to throw him in the team. So I have to see, like you know, if Mo, like I've got you know Paul and Son though. It's just why would you take them out? Yeah, like, I, I think taking game.
1: either out is is. Pretty much just idiotic, but like for me, for my team, it would
0: definitely be Mane, and he's just scored a goal every game. Also, so what am I doing there? It's it's just it's it's
1: yeah. mm. It definitely seems like though, and it's been this way for a while. But going super light on defense just seems so obvious. There are so many good attackers and good premium guys to get that like it's just not worth having like anyone other than one Liverpool defender or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, look at how good my light defense did this week. I had a two, a two, a one, and a one.
1: That's I mean, exactly. Dreams are made out of that. Yeah, exactly. Good job by everyone. All right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we're going to do captains or shit like that. The next game week is really far away, so we'll just skip that, and we'll come back and talk about the doubles and the blanks and all that shit after FA Cup. Um no new patreon signups this week so there's no asses to be slapped either so we can basically just wrap it up i guess do you have any last words before we get out of here um no check us out at fmlpl.com. follow us on twitter at fmlpl. support us at patreon.com slash subscribe rate review and cheer Podcast Network.